Second Peter tonight, Second Peter chapter number one. Did everyone get an outline? If you did not get an outline, if you will raise your hand for me. One, two, three, three or four. Get your hands back up in just a minute. We'll bring those in. Second Peter chapter number one, and uh, while they're getting those, just uh, by way of introduction tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, this matter of adding to your faith and uh, building upon that foundation of faith that is in our lives. And a great passage here is God gives us some very specific ways in which we can add to that and continue to grow in our life. In fact, the book of 2 Peter uh, as a whole uh, is really about that growth in our life, about growing in Christ uh, and growing in that foundation that, he has, that, that has been laid at salvation. And uh, so, in fact, at the, at the end of the passage, we'll see here in chapter number 1, uh, that's what the first half of chapter number 1 is all about. But then uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, the last verse of 2 Peter says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And so it not only ends with some instructions on how to grow, but at the very end it concludes with the fact that we are to grow in grace. Did you get one yet? Brother Guy, uh, Allison needs one down here. Anybody else still not get one? Anybody else got one? Okay. Uh, so as we, as we look at this passage tonight, we're going to look at the matter of, of building in our lives. And uh, if we think about the fact of, of building spiritually in our lives, we can really correlate that to a physical building. And in fact, uh, many times in Scripture, uh, Paul and, and, and even Jesus talked about the fact that we need to be building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul mentions it in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 and 11. The Bible says, According to the grace which is given unto me, both as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And, and so that foundation, when we trust Christ as our Savior, that is the foundation. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that tonight. Uh, that's a whole other sermon in and of itself. Uh, but once that foundation has been laid, there are certain things and specific things that God tells us we need to add to that faith, to add to that foundation so that we are able to grow and mature as a Christian. And uh, so that's what we're going to look at here in this first chapter of Second Peter this evening. Uh, and, you know, the theme is all about this growth in Christ. It is about developing our lives based on what the Word of God teaches in a way that helps us live a strong, faith-filled life that is honoring and pleasing to Jesus Christ. Before we jump into the outline tonight, uh, just a couple of principles for you to know uh, as far as uh, this growth is concerned. There are a couple blanks. They're not up on the screen. I only put the main points up on the screen for you tonight, but um, the first principle is this. Spiritual growth has nothing to do with your age. It has nothing to do with your age. Uh, there, are, there are many people who are, who are older in their age uh, and maybe have even attended church their entire lives, and yet they're still very young in their faith. They're still really a babe in Christ. Uh, there are many people who are younger in their age, and yet because of their hunger, because of the way they have grown, because of the way they have given time and developed, they have grown and matured rather quickly. And, and so growth really has nothing to do with how old we are uh, as, a, as far as the spiritual growth is concerned. The other principle is this. You can grow as much as you want to. You can grow as much as you want to. 
And it really boils down to, do I want to invest my time, do I want to put some energy into helping my life to grow and mature in Christ? Uh, just as a house, you know, you can, you can have a foundation laid, but if you never do anything with the foundation, it's just going to continue to be a foundation. If you never build anything upon it, it's never going to develop into anything more than just the foundation that has been laid. Um, so in our lives, spiritually speaking, the foundation, once you trust Christ, has been laid, but if we never do anything more than that, that's all there's going to be. There's going to be the foundation of faith in Christ, salvation, uh, but there is not going to be any real growth or fruit that is going to come from our life. And so as we look at this tonight, if you think about a building project, every building project must have uh, some basic things uh, or some basic aspects to it to be a successful building project. And so that's kind of what the, the main points are going to be. So number one tonight, a building project must have the right investor. They've got to have, number one, they've got to have the right investor. Uh, our investor, spiritually speaking, is God. Okay, so let's, let's get into this passage a little bit. Let's read some verses here. Uh, 2 Peter chapter number 1, the Bible says in verse number 1, Simon Peter, servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, and them that have obtained like precious faith with us, uh, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Our Lord. So right there, that's the, the foundation that we're talking about. That's, that's the, the faith and trust that is being placed in the Lord. So he's, he's talking here to people that have that foundation. He's talking to people that are saved. When we go into verse number three, he says, According as his divine, talking about Christ, his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so as we, as we see this matter of the right investor, which is God, um, we see letter A that he has the power that we need for the project. We have to have God's power upon our lives, in our lives, evident in our lives, if we are going to grow spiritually. We have to have the backing of God's power. The Bible says in, in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then he goes on and he says, Go ye therefore and, and, and preach the gospel. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Okay, And so all power was given to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was there. We could go back to Genesis 1.1. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We could go to John chapter number one, where in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Was not anything made that was made except through God, okay? All of that is concerning Jesus Christ. He has the power that we need to grow in Him. And we must access that power. Uh, if a building project is going to get done, if somebody's going to build a physical building, somebody's going to have to write a check. Somebody's going to have to be able to finance that. Somebody's going to have to be the benefactor of the project. Our benefactor spiritually is God. It's Jesus Christ. And he must be part of our life. And, and you know, what God expects us to attempt for him, he will enable us to, to perform. 
if he wants us to build on that foundation, which is Jesus Christ, guess what? He's going to give us the power. He's going to give us the ability. He's going to give us everything we need to have a life that is growing, that is maturing, that is adding to that faith. And, and so we have to tap into that power that God gives us. But letter B, we, we see that God's, God, as our investor, also gives us promises. He gives us promises. Look at verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Because of the promises that he gives and the power that he has, we can be partakers of the divine nature in Christ. That's that, that relationship, that's that maturity, that's that growing process that needs to start. But it comes because of, uh, of God's power in verse number three is his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And then he's giving us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers. Okay, so through God's power and through the promises that God gives us in his word, we can grow and we can have this life, we can have this maturity in our lives that is going to be pleasing and honoring to Christ. We need the investor, the right investor in our lives. The promise, though, is only as good as the person making it. Right? If I were to pull out a checkbook tonight and I were to sign my name and I were to put in the, the, the payee, the person it's going to, any person, any one of you in this room, who would like a million dollars tonight? Okay? Brother Flynn raised his hand first. So, Brother Flynn... You're going to get a million dollars, okay? I'm going to write you a check for a million bucks. I can make you that promise all night long. I can write as many checks as I want, but when you take them to the bank, there's not going to be any power behind those checks, all right? There's not going to be anything there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but we do have a God in heaven, we do have Jesus Christ as our Savior who not only gives us promises, but he also has ultimate power to back them up and make them good on our behalf. Sure. They labor in vain. We talked in, in VBS about the, the, the wise man builds his house upon a rock. The foolish man builds. We're going to talk about that a little bit here in just a minute. And, and, and that is true. But God has to be involved in this process. If we are going to grow, he has to be there. Like I said, if, if we don't do anything, if we don't put any effort into this, if we don't uh, try and follow after God, if we don't pursue him, if we don't pursue this relationship, all we're going to have is a foundation. There's not going to be any, any benefit. There's not going to be any blessing. There's not going to be any perks from that foundation other than the fact that it might be a nice-looking foundation. And so we have to build upon that foundation, but it comes because of the investor that we have, because of his power, and because of the promises that he has given to us. The second thing we need to see is that we need to follow the building codes. We've got to follow building codes. We're, right now we are in the process of putting a new shed on our property. And there are all kinds of building codes and, and things that go into just for a simple shed out there on the property. Okay? It, has taken us, it has taken me months 
of phone calls and this and that to just try and even get the information that we need before we can even start the process, much less get the process completed. It is insane. But one thing I have found through the process is letter A, if you're going to follow the building codes, letter A, it takes cooperation. It takes some cooperation. If I don't cooperate with the city of Pembroke Pines, guess what's going to happen? They're going to make my life miserable. Absolutely miserable. When I came here to this church, we had built some walls back there in the, in the back, and they did it without a permit. And uh, guess what? The city of Pembroke Pines and the fire department, and, and every time they did a, a check and a safety check, they made our lives miserable for multiple years until that got cleared up and taken care of and everything was, was done according to the code. And so you have to follow the building code. You have to do it God's way. If we don't do it God's way, guess what? We are going to be miserable in our life. You've got to cooperate with God's operation. He has a design and he has a plan for each one of our lives and he wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us to have the fullness of joy in our life. But that only comes as we cooperate and we follow his building codes. And he gives them to us specifically. We're going to look at them here in just a second. It, it, but it takes, in, in verse number 5, if you look at it, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. The word diligence there literally means to just make every single effort that you can. I have literally made every single phone call and contacted just about every single person in the city department to finally get the one person that I needed to tell me what I needed to do to be able to put that shed on the parking lot. But once I found that guy, it's been a relatively simple process. It's just taken a long time, okay? But God wants us to cooperate with him, but we have to make every effort on our part. It doesn't come just from coming to church. It doesn't come just from existing. It just doesn't come just because you got saved. You have to put in some effort, and you have to put in some work, and you have to cooperate with God's building plan if we are going to grow. Be involved in the process. We have to be involved in it. If I hadn't made the initial phone calls and found out some information, guess what? We probably wouldn't ever be putting a shed out here. If we did, they would probably make our life miserable because we wouldn't have done it according to the code. And so we've got to do things a certain way, the way that God outlines for us in his word. It must be an intentional action on our parts if we're going to get this done. It takes cooperation. Let her be, it takes supplementation. It has to be supplemented by something. Uh, real quick, before we go into this, uh, Brother Mike, if you can go to that next slide for me, a couple pictures. I don't know if you can see that. That wall is completely bowing out and cracked because of the foundation, the way the foundation was built. Go to the next picture for me. I don't know if that's a legitimate thing or somebody just stuck that and photoshopped that, but that doesn't look like a real sound foundation to me. And here in verse number five, the Bible teaches us, go and go to the next slide. Uh, the Bible teaches us, beside this giving all diligence, add to your faith. 
Faith is the foundation, but we've got to add some things to that. There's got to be some supplementation to it. There's got to be some things that are put on top of that to help us to grow in Christ. And the first thing is virtue. Virtue. Virtue is nothing more than just moral excellence. It's me being morally right in my life and excellent. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 1-3, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there are many among you envying and strife and divisions, and ye are not carnal, and walk as men. See, Paul was saying, look, you are still, you're still too young. You're still, you haven't put in the effort. You aren't trying to grow in your faith. There is no moral excellence in your life. There is no desire to go on. There's, there's nothing that's, that's going right. There's envying, there's strife, there's divisions. There's things that are not right in your life. A later passage, he talks about the fact that he wants, to, he wants to feed them more. But he couldn't because even though they've been doing what they're, even though they've been at church, even though they've been involved, they haven't grown like they wanted to. They should be giving out. They should be doing the same thing Paul is doing. Paul said, I, I can't let you do that because you haven't developed yet. You're not, you haven't become more than just a babe in Christ. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. If we're going to have moral excellence, if we're going to please Christ, it must come with some virtue in our life. So you've got to add virtue to that faith. The next thing is knowledge. 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That word knowledge there is literally just, it's, it's like an expert knowledge. It's a full knowledge it's a uh it's like the ultimate knowledge it's us knowing everything we can but not just knowing it in our head but also putting it into practice in our lives adding to our faith virtue knowledge the third thing is temperance temperance and temperance is just self-control it's holding oneself together. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body, and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And Paul says, look, I, I have made a decision in my life, I have made a choice in my life that I'm going to have some self-control. I'm going to bring myself, my body, under subjection. I'm going to do what is necessary so that I can go further with the gospel and do more for the cause of Jesus Christ. The next thing is patience. Patience. Patience is a, is a perseverance. It, it's a, it, it means to bear up under, to persevere, to, to hang in there. When, when things come in, in, in life and we have trials, and we have things that come in there, guess what? We've got to bear up underneath of that. It, it's coming down, and, and instead of letting it crash down on top of us, 
We've got to bear up under that thing. We've got to hold up. We've got to persevere through that until we get to the other side. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. And Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned whatsoever state I am, I am therewith to be content. No matter what's going on in life, I'm going to persevere and I'm going to go forward because I have learned to be content where I am at. The next thing is godliness that we're supposed to add to this faith. It is God-likeness. It's being right with God, but also right with mankind. It's having our vertical and our horizontal relationships in check. Titus chapter 2, verse 12 says, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. The next thing is brotherly kindness. This, this, uh, this word here, or the, the, the Greek word for, that's, that's used here for this brotherly kindness, is the, is the word for Philadelphia. We know Philadelphia here in the United States is the city of brotherly love. It's a, it's a familiar, a love toward our family. It's a familiar type of love. Luke chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus answering and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which, was, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. That is not brotherly kindness. We read on in the story and you find that a priest and a Levite, two religious people who should have cared, came by and walked, passed by actually on the other side. But a Samaritan came by, not only took him to take care of him, but gave of his own increase, of his own surplus to help take care of the person, gave, of, gave to the innkeeper and said, whatever, whatever you do beyond this, I'll take care of it when I get back. That is brotherly love. That's stopping, uh, you know, and, and helping people. I was out, uh, I was driving home uh, a couple weeks, uh, when was that? Uh, last Saturday, I think it was. Uh, I don't remember. Anyways, it had been a long day. Um, I was driving up Douglas, and uh, it was on my way home, and uh, there was a lady pulled over on the side of the road, and her hood was up. It was a single lady. She was there. She looked like she was an older lady. And uh, so I drove, I, I drove past her. I didn't really have any option. I drove up, and I went through the neighborhood, and I came back around her. I pulled off on the road uh, close by. And by the time I got back around, there was a guy that she knew that had stopped, and he was sitting in the car trying to turn it over, and, uh, and that wasn't working. And so I just went around, and I said, you want me to push you off the road so you're at least out of traffic on Douglas so people aren't honking at you and, and doing everything that Florida drivers do instead of taking some consideration. And uh, so I just pushed him around the corner and, and uh, gave him an invitation to the church. Uh, he, he asked the, the person right around the corner if he could park his car in the yard for just a little bit. And uh, the guy said, sure. I gave him an invitation to the church. And, and it just it opened up an opportunity. And sometimes we have to take that step and just say, you know what? I've got the ability. I'm going to show some brotherly kindness, some brotherly love toward this person, and I'm going to help out. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. John 13, or the next thing is charity. And this word for charity is agape. It's a sacrificial love. It's the selfless love that Christ demonstrated to us when he died on the cross. We're to add that to this faith. We're to add all these things, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. We're to add all of these things to faith in our lives. But faith is the foundation. It's the foundation that has been laid. 
John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Anytime charity is used, pretty much in the New Testament, it's talking about that sacrificial love. Excuse me. But it's talking about demonstrating that sacrificial love to mankind. It's, it's, it's the love of Christ that we can show horizontally. It's not the love of Christ that I show towards him. It's my love, the, the love of Christ through me to other people. Making a difference in their lives. And that's what charity is all about. Now, one of, one of these things, they all lead on to another. Okay, so if you've got faith in your life and you've got that strong foundation and you're pursuing diligently to add things to that, guess what? When you add virtue, virtue, having moral excellence in your life, is going to lead you to having knowledge in your life. And as you grow and you know more about God in your life, guess what? That's going to help you to have self-control and temperance in your life. As you demonstrate temperance and as you start to add that, that's going to lead you to having patience. Self-control and patience go hand in hand with one another. A lot of times we can have self-control, but we don't have a lot of patience. And there's a fine line there, but we have to have both. Patience leads then, as we have patience in our life and we persevere through things, that's going to lead us to godliness. As we are godlike, as we have right relationships in our life and we're dealing with mankind in the right way, that's going to lead us to the brotherly kindness, to showing and demonstrating that love to other people. And that's going to lead us right into charity, which is the love of Christ going through us to other people as we demonstrate it through the brotherly kindness and the patience, and the godliness, and the charity, and the love, and the virtue, all right? All of those things, as we, but they all build on faith. You can't have charity until you have virtue, okay? You can't have temperance until you get some knowledge. You can't have self, or, or patience until you've got the self-control, okay? They build on each other. It's a building process, and that leads us to number three. You've got to build with some growth in mind. So we think about a building project. You've got to write, have the right investor. Okay, you've got to have somebody who has the power and the ability to write the checks and, and to, to make some promises and to be able to perform them. You've got to be able to have somebody uh, or, or, or to be able to follow the building codes and have somebody who knows what's going on enough to be able to do that. Okay, but build with some growth in mind. Okay, if we were to ever build a church building to, 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 to get a piece of property, if we were to grow to that point and we were to ever move properties, the, the, the principle that we would probably go into that building project with is that we will grow where we, can, we would build where we can grow into that building, but the building would probably be built with, with something in mind that, hey, when we get to the point where we fill up that building, we'll do something inside, we'll knock out a wall or we'll do this, and that will enable us to have more growth. Because as you build, as you increase space, and there's more space to be able to grow, guess what? The obvious thing is that we're going to grow to fill that up. And if we just build to where I'm just going to max this out and I'm going to be happy there, that's where we become stagnant. That's where we plateau in our Christian life. That's where we go to that place where, hey, I, I, I've got this all kind of figured out, and so, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good compared to so-and-so over here and, and that person over there. I'm just going to hold right here for a while. 
Don't ever be satisfied with where you're at. Always look to grow and to increase. That's sanctification. It's never going to stop. While we are here on earth, while we are living, it's never going to end. The Bible says in verse number 8, For these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. These things be in you and abound. The word abound there literally means to have and to overflow. It's like when, 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 when the Bible talks about the fact that uh, God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. That he can give you above and beyond what we can ask or think. That's what God wants. But sometimes we don't want that for ourselves. Sometimes we get satisfied with where we're at. We stop. We don't look towards future growth. We don't look towards what God wants to continue to do in our lives. We stagnate. We stop. We plateau in our lives. God does not want that. He wants us to be productive in our lives. For these things being you and abound, they make you that you shall be neither barren nor unfruitful. Two negatives, but he says you're not going to be those things if these things are in you and they're abounding. If they're growing and they're overflowing. Because as we have these things in our life and, and it's filling us up in our lives, it's making us mature in our lives, but as they overflow, guess what that's going to do? It's going to fall on and it's going to be a blessing and it's going to be a help to people around us. That overflow is what God wants in our life, to be able to bless and help other people as we go. Christ flows into me, he overflows, and it blesses other people. 2 Peter 3.18, we've, we've talked about this a couple times, we use this verse a couple times tonight. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory, now and forever. Amen. Grow in that grace. Look to grow. Look to bear fruit. Look to do more. Always be not, never be satisfied with where you are. Always be looking to go further in your Christian life. And the last thing, number four, is plan for the move. Plan for the move. Look down at verse number 10. The Bible says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence. There's that word again we saw in verse number five. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What we're building here on earth is not for us. God says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth doth not corrupt, and, and, and moth and rust doth not corrupt, and thieves do not break through and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where those things don't happen. Be looking for the eternal. That's what this is. Adding to your faith, that's what this is all about. And when we get to heaven, if we have done this, if we have followed the building plan, if we have done all these things, if we've added to this, guess what? When we get to this place, if you're planning for the move, when you see Jesus Christ one day, you'll have something that is worthwhile to give back to him. 
If we were to continue, we, we, we looked at this passage earlier, if you were to continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about that building project. Don't build with uh, wood, hay, and stubble, but with gold, silver, and precious stones. Build with things that matter. Build with things that are eternal. Plan for the move. Because we're not going to be here forever. But what is going to remain? If the Lord tarries and he does not come back and we and our life is over here on this earth, what is going to remain that is going to carry on? Is it just going to be a, a blank foundation? Or is it going to be a building that has been built that, has been, that is going to last, that is going to have some influence and, some, and make a difference in people's lives beyond yourself? Plan for the move. Plan for that time when you are going to graduate into heaven. The Bible talks about the fact when, when, we, when, we, when we reach heaven, some are going to obtain. But that entrance, when we go there, you know, there, there are going to be different, I, I really believe there's going to be different kinds of, of rewards. If someone has built and someone has not, guess what? Someone is going to have a greater entrance into heaven than someone else. All that's going to be laid before everyone. And do we want an entrance where there's fanfare, where there's rejoicing, where I get to lay things back at his feet and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or do we want something where when we get there, you got the faith thing right, but there's really not much more. You made it through a few of those things, through, through a few of those building things that we wanted in there, but you kind of plateaued, you, you kind of leveled off. You got satisfied. So in our lives, what are we building? Add to your faith. Add. If we're adding as God wants us to, as, as, as he has put forth in 2 Peter chapter number 1, as we add to our faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, and temperance patience, and patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness charity. If we're adding all of those things, if those things are in you, you shall be neither barren nor unfruitful. You'll be a blessing. You'll have a, a faith-filled life in Christ, but it takes some effort. It takes a desire on our part to say, you know what, I want more. I want more in my life. I want to build. I want this foundation. Yes, is faith. That's a great foundation. But what do I have beyond that? Do I have anything? Has there ever been some building? Have I got a few two-by-fours up, but that's it? I got the first floor, but I want more. I want to continue to grow. How are you building in your life tonight? Are you building in a way that is pleasing and honoring to Christ, that is helping you to grow and mature in a way that when you get there, when you get to heaven, are you going to have something that God is going to be pleased with? Or are we just going to have that foundation and nothing else? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the ability we have to, to read it, to study it, to know it. Lord, I thank you for the promises that you give. Lord, I thank you for the power that you have in our lives. Lord, I pray you'd help us to lean on you, to trust you, to follow you. 
to do all the things that you want us to do in our life, that we would follow that building plan, the building codes. And Lord, may you be honored and glorified with our lives. Lord, the goal is to be like Jesus Christ, to grow in such a way that is pleasing to him. But Lord, there's some certain things we have to do. We have to add to our faith. Lord, give us the, the patience. Give us the perseverance. Give us the ability to add those things in our life. Help us to have the desire. Help us to want to please and honor you. Lord, I pray we would have a, a church that is filled with Christians that are strong, that have a great foundation, but are building and growing in you evermore. And Lord, I pray you'd help each one of us to look for that, to, to never be satisfied and never stop. And Lord, may you be pleased and honored. And we pray all this in Christ's name.